Welcome to episode 269 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alrighty guys, welcome along to episode 269 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going mate? I'm very good. Are you a good swim this morning? Had a little swim. Little or big? About four and a half K. It's not a little swim. That's a big swim. Followed on from a few big days on the bike. Really? Oh yeah, your weekend away? Yes. We'll How was that? Very good, we'll talk about that later. Oh, you, you got good weather, didn't you? Sensational weather, very cold but sensational. Yeah, but for this time of year... Yeah. Could have been a lot worse. I'm not planning another winter camp anytime soon. Really? No, but it was good. We'll talk about that later. Though. Feeling fit or feeling tired? I'm right. I'm half K, mate. You're on fire. I'm on fire. Smoking. Okay, then I'm Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com For the world's most tastiest flavoured coffee. Athlinks.com For the world's most tastiest flavoured athletes. And extreme endurance. The world's most tastiest supplement. Right. There we go, it's all very tasty today. We've got a tasty show today, John, yeah. a tasty show. Okay, in this week's show, what have we got? We've got some news, we've got Age Group of the Week, we've got a high five, um, a website of the week. Oh, it's, we're going back to old school lately, aren't we? Yep, yeah, got a few things coming up though, we've got to line up a few interviews. Nice, I saw that actually, and some questions and answers at the end. Well, John, last weekend we had some big results coming on, and the big one was Ironman Austria, amazing result. Cart- I think it's a carton, is how you pronounce it, it's where, where it's held anyway, in Austria, Big, big result. We have a new world record time for an iron distance race. Now, I'm trying to find it. Where did I put it? Uh, I'm not quite sure. But anyway, Marino Van Ornaka. Ornaka? Just killed it. And what's impressive, and we discussed this a bit last week. Where did he get in Kona last year? Third. He got third. Third. Yeah, he did get third, didn't he? Was the way that he's won this race is a pure TT. You know, and wrote sometimes in the past, the fast times have been... Courtesy of a um, bit of group riding, not saying they were drafting, but you know, you got oh, a bit, a bit of dynamic yep. going on there, and, it, and it's is a race. Competitive aspect to it yeah. as well. Whereas this is, was a pure time trial. So <clears throat> he swam 46 49. Uh, I've got to say, I'm a bit suspect about the swim. That's a little bit, you know, the times there are a little bit short, but hey, that's maybe maybe two minutes or so. Uh, biked 4.15, very impressive. Which is the third fastest bike split of all time. Nice. Harry Regal had the first one, and then Eugen Zach had the second. Nice. So, yep. And then it ran a 2.39.24. So Which is the fastest of all time in an really? Ironman race. Really? Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah, which is fascinating, isn't it? I would have thought somebody could go a bit quicker than that, to be so honest. So maybe in another, in a challenge race, we've had a faster time, but in the article I read mm. at, from Ironman.com, mm. so I'm assuming yeah. that's right, um, that, yeah, they're saying it's the fastest run split in an Ironman of all time. Right. Which is phenomenal, really. It's they, crazy. They, 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 yeah, I would agree. I, I, Wrote my even if it is if wrote went a little bit quicker somebody there it would only be a little bit I would, yeah. I would think they could run a bit quicker yeah but I guess they put it all out there on the bike to make sure and then run well what's great about this result is it's consistently great in swim bike run isn't it mm. you know like it's a, it's yeah. a complete performance isn't it you know it's the fastest of all time by about four or five minutes so it's significant but at the same time 
What a great day, eh? Seven hours, 45 minutes and 58 seconds. And he must have known, you know, like in the last 5k of the run that he had the record. Mm. And he obviously still just kept the hammer on, didn't he? Oh, yeah. We, I guess one thing maybe in the back of his mind is uh, this weekend in Rote that Ray Lewis will probably be going for, you would think, maybe going for a record as well. So yep. lay it down, put set the benchmark, but very impressive racing. So would that go down as, I don't know if this time, but the best Ironman performance of all time? Oh. I prefer to see races where it's head to head, sort of. As, as, yeah, but yeah, but you can say okay, races you can go okay, Iron War, great spectacle, mm. great you know human test. Mm. But you, just because this guy did it by himself doesn't mean it wasn't a human test. It's just you can't measure it because mm. there's no guy he's racing against. But you know to go out there and beat the record by five minutes to do it, you know, a four fifteen bike and then a sub two forty marathon. Mm-hmm. How can you not say it's the best of all time? Well, I. I you put me. I think that it was an amazing performance. Obviously, set a new world best time. Hey, personally, says it. I don't think it will go down in history as one of the greatest of all times. I think, as to be honest, in a couple of weeks, I think most people will have forgotten about it. It's a sad, a little oh, sad thing. No, I think that's true. Yeah. I think records will last. Yeah. You know, people will look back and see what's well, the fastest man of all time. Like I know when most people are starting the sport. Are going to check out, you know. I know when I first started sport, I wanted to see who the fastest dude was ever. I bet you prior to today, not many people would have known <clears throat> who did the, the fastest. Oh, time. maybe not off by heart, but they would have gone and checked it out at some stage. Mm. But anyway, you know. amazing race, phenomenal I race. I think we're going to see uh, this boundary getting tested a bit more in the next couple of years with Which some is great guys eh? coming through. Yep. So, and, it's, and as you said, it's not that he just beat the record. I mean, he smashed it by uh, the record was uh, seven fifty something. Seven fifty. Uh, Dave Vaturin sent this through, and this basically gives us the top ten times of all time. I was thinking to myself, I was, try, I was trying to test my general knowledge yesterday, thinking uh, who what I, I, I knew Luke Van Leer to set the record. But I was trying, to, and I knew it was in Rote. I was trying to test myself, and I got it right. It was 1997 was when the last record was held. So that's a long time ago. That's 14 years ago. And uh, and on that day, in the top ten, three guys got in the top ten. So you also had. Uh, Jürgen Zach and Lothar Leader come in under eight hours at that time and they're on the top ten. And, and that's why it was such an amazing race. And they also race. had there that day as well, didn't they? So. Push it, cranking it on the on the bike. So number one, Marino Van Ornacker in 7.45.55. So he beat it by about four and a half minutes. It's pretty significant, yeah. isn't it? <clears throat> Luke Van Laird uh, and wrote in 97.750. Jürgen Zach and wrote in 97.751. Peter Reid in Klagenfurt in 751 so that's Austria again so all these plate races are either Austria or uh, right, so they are the two wrote. fast races aren't they Marino uh, last year 752 Chris McCormick 2007 and wrote uh, Rasmus Henning last year and wrote 752 Michael Golner and wrote in 209 755 Rasmus racing next that's a good question. I'll bring, I was going to bring that up in the news. Uh, Jürgen Zach in 99 and wrote 7.56 and Lothar Leader in 97 went 7.56. I think 90s, not, what was the year that they first broke eight hours? That's going to test my general knowledge. I'll have to have a think about that. Uh, I'm going to say 95. Based on nothing other than it seems like a good number. I'll have to, have, I'll have to give that a bit of thought. Okay. Um, but anyway, those are the top ten times. So 7.56 is tenth place. Okay, if we're going to do the projection for John, if we're going to do like sprinters, you know, you know, like I was reading a book a while ago and I talk about marathon runners at the beginning of the century, mm-hmm. you know, the guys that are doing speeds that the high school kids can now do the world records, you know, 100 years ago. How long do you think it will be before we see seven and a half? I don't it's seven and a half. So that's a massive chunk when you consider. Yeah, yeah totally. But you, I don't, I don't know years? if it will. 
Oh, you don't think we'll evolve to that speed? I don't think so. I mean, it'd have to be. I guess if it was, if you did get some serious team racing going on there, then it would be potential. Like, say, you come out of the swim and you're a nice little arrowhead hammering it, and you get on the bike and you've got ten guys hammering it at the front. Then potentially, I think the run times can come down, and the, Do I think the bike times can come down with group dynamics. Like Marino would have gone, who knows, maybe yeah. five minutes quicker than that if he'd had some guys to ride with. Um, but seven thirty—that's that's pushing it. So the first question is: if our sport was, you know, gridiron mm. or basketball or soccer, let's say soccer, the participation in our sport was soccer participation, because really we're such a minor sport. Do you think we'd be seven and a half then? If the money and the amount of people competing, you know, because we don't really, you know, in our sport we haven't really pushed excellence yet. Mm-hmm. You know, in the big scheme of sport, we're such a baby sport, and we're still in that the first chunks. You know, like it was only fifteen years ago, and guys, the nutrition was terrible. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I know and that's in most sports because sports science has come on a long way, but. You know, we are. You know, how many guys? How many top guys do I man in the world? A handful, really. Mm. Whereas if we had thousands of top guys doing Iron Man in the world, mm. you know, would seven and a half be more realistic? Kind of. Yeah, I, th- I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility, but I can't see it happening anytime soon. It's also like if you look at the Brownleys, you know, like if, mm. you know, these these guys seem to be the first kids who have been brought up with the sport, and they're showing us another level. So in Olympic distance, we've seen the run times probably come down from say about. I don't know, ballpark 32 minutes yep. um, uh, down to now sort of 29.30. So yep. it's a pretty significant change. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he's right. The money, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot of money to get some of the, to get people looking at this when they're 15 going, right, yeah, if, I, if I'm going to do Iron Man, I can win myself a million bucks. Just, it's, it's an interesting question, isn't it? If and our sport was the, the, the number one sport in the world, Mm. How much different would the sport be? There'd be a lot of drafting. That's a difference. I tell you what, we probably wouldn't have our show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, then I just went to get an email through from. Oh, wait a second. Let's do the results for the race. So, what did we have? We, had... we also had a pretty impressive second place. Michael Weiss was in second place uh, in seven fifty-seven. I mean, uh, he, stayed, he was with him on the bike for about fifteen minutes. They said, and then he just blew him away. Uh, Weiss must have worked hard to catch up, or maybe it was Albert. Marco. Marco Albert, probably. Yeah. He's a former ITU guy. Oh, is it Marco Albert? <laughs> right? yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that was, uh, yeah, Michael Weiss in second in 7.57, good time. Marco Albert third in 8.08. Tom Lowe, Chrissy's mate, uh, in fourth in mate, 8.11. lover. Lover. <laughs> and Stephen Bayliss in fifth in 8.16. And the girls' side of things, we also had a pretty so race I as well. Predict, uh, I put, go over to females there. As I predicted last week, watch out for somebody in there. I said, watch out for Mary Beth, that Mary Beth Alice. Well, she dominated Dojo by seven minutes. Yeah. Again, so, just swim, bike, run. Great yeah, race. And they were saying it's the fastest uh, iron distance debut um, ever. Mm, so, Brett Sutton's a coach. Yes. And he said, win it. Right, <laughs> she did. So she's a good athlete. She listens. It's such an advantage when you've got the swim under control. You know, you're good. You know, you're the best swimmer in the field. I can't you. And you get out there, and then you just got to, you know, just go at a pace. And if anybody catches you, then you then you, you roll with it. But she swam 48, bike 448, and ran 301 for 843. So that is an impressive time. It is amazing in the women's fields how. The difference in the swim is always so big. Oh, you know, I mean, if you look at Ironman men's field, generally you're going to get the odd guy who's not quite on the pace, but he's only a couple of minutes behind, yeah. and he'll catch up on the bike. In the girls' field, we've got okay. She did Mary A. Beth did uh, 48. Then you got Erica Cosmo did 
uh, or Shamal. 50, 52, that's 52. a good swim for her. And in the third place getter, Diana Rosler, she did 58. And so did fourth. So 10 minutes behind. 10 minutes, I mean that's... And she lost the race by 10 minutes. Yeah. So <laughs> you kind of go, well, it's just, it is interesting that, you know, then fifth place is back down to 51, but yeah, it is. What's amazing about this race is you had four women going under nine hours. So yeah. you had Erica, Chomor, Diana, Riza, who I haven't really heard much about before, in 8.53. Helene Bedevart, who we interviewed, I think she got 10th in Kona last year, yep. 8.56 with a sub-three-hour run, 2.59.40, as was Erica Chomor, 2.59.53, and then Eva Dollinger was in 9.05. So those, it's a smoking fast course, but still some pretty awesome performances. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Pretty, pretty awesome to go to your first race ever and do that kind of time, eh? Mm, but she's got that ITU pedigree, Bevan. There we go. It's the there ITU pedigree. Yeah. Um, okay, I did get an email through from James Paul saying, uh, guys, we'll be talking about Austria. We'll be talking about uh, um, the great race. I, I, I would be hugely grateful if you'd also give a mention to my good buddy, Martin Muldoon. Great name. Uh, he was the next Prime Minister of New Zealand, yeah. uh, who also broke the record on Sunday. He now holds the Irish record for the fastest Ironman time going in at 8.50 on Sunday. I know how much he is committed to breaking this record, So and he's also a fan of the show, so if you could give him some love, he'd be blown away. So well done, Martin. 8.50, very nice. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Now the Irish, the Irish, the Irish will be coming to get you. Got a couple of iron distance races in Ireland this year, I think. Yeah, they're two. A couple of halves, so... Mm-hmm. Okay. Bloody got golf the Irish. They seem to be winning your rank. They are, aren't they? Um, McElroy, isn't it? James yes. McElroy? Rory McElroy. Oh, that one too. Okay, then. Uh, so that's what we want to talk about Austria. Anything else you want to talk about Austria? That's about it. Okay, move on. That's a wrap. I'm in Korea. Well, I was confused, John. Yes. I was confused last week because we got all these emails saying, Cameron Brown's doing the race. I was and like, he was. And he was. 70.3. 70.3. So there was a Ironman career and Ironman career. 70.3 was on at the weekend. Yeah. On the men's field. In, so uh, what are we talking we're about? We're going to talk about 70.3 first. Uh, okay. <laughs> because that's a really important one. We had a Kiwi trifecta. It's a trifecta. We had Cam Brown take it in, then good old Guy Crawford. And then uh, Kieran Doe in third place. So yeah. Cam Brown had a pretty uh, cruisy day of it. Minutes, didn't he? Mm. Yeah. And then also Joe Lorne uh, took out the girls' race, which was good. It was Ironman 70.3 New Zealand. Mm. Slash career. Yes. But then in the Ironman race, we had uh, girls first. Yes, and it was a very slow day on the run by the look of it. And uh, the reports I read were it was very hot. Cool thing, they had, they had a picture on uh, Ironman.com of the finishing shoot. And they had these guys, these K-Swiss guys, must have been the main sponsor, coming down the finishing shoot. And they were like dressed in uh, full toe-to-toe uh, yellow outfits with like a K-Swiss sign, like the hoodie and everything oh, really? over their face. And then just glass on, it was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, it must have been a very, very tough day on the run because uh, whilst wow, these guys yeah. aren't necessarily, like, world champion-level athletes, um, you know, the the top run times are slow. So Kate Bavilacqua uh, took it out. Um, I don't know if that's her second Ironman win of the year or not. It's sad as, John. It's sad as. Yep, she's having a great year. Two um, wins so far. 9.39.44. Second, Mickey Nisuhuchi. Good, that's good. 9.56 and Hilary Biscay in third and 10.12. Nice. Then the boy side of things we had, whoa, how does that one, John? Belaza Chalk. Yep. In 8, uh, 8.48. 8.48. So looking at his run time, 3.17 on the run. Yeah. It's toughed out the office. Yep. Andreas Van Hoos was second. Just under sub nine in 8.58. And his run time was only 3.10. And then Bevan McKinnon. Good Kiwi boy. Came, came in at 8.03. And his time is 3.17. And like that, he's, he's uh, so, I mean, granted his time, 9.03 is about probably right I think for Bevan but um, just that that run time obviously shows it was a 
tough day at the office. Mm-hmm. Okay, then, and we also got an email through from Denny McCormick saying, uh, just hoping we're getting through the earthquake okay. We are, aren't we? There's a mini mini this week. A couple yesterday. Was it? Last night, last night, yeah, yeah. When? Just nothing major. Where were you? Were you here or were you over the other side of town? Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm just I'm oblivious to it, John. Yes. Um, How about that 2.9 Auckland golf? Ooh, baby, <laughs> back it up. No, but I feel bad giving them a hard time. I don't. They, it's not their fault they got an earthquake. Yeah, but it was like headline news. And it was on. A, it was like they spent ten minutes doing a story on it, and they go, "Oh, I've done it." Okay, well, I don't watch the news, so maybe. Crikey, maybe Dick, that was. They've been pretty supportive. Yeah, they have. Yeah, I, I don't no. think we should be giving them a hard time. Anyway, it was my first time. So, what's he talking about? It's the forest man. So, we've been trying to get the forest man for the last five years. The results on it, and well, and even then, it was a bloody challenge. And where is it? I don't, uh, uh, went onto their website, and it was a real challenge trying to find the results. <coughs> and then, and good old Dan McCormick sent through and delivered. So now we can give some love to the people who won the race. Daniel Halliday took it out in the time of ten oh three. Did one oh four swim, five oh six on the bike, and three fifty one on the run. Crikey! It's, and then uh, there was a team yeah. got second, so we can't really give them that. No. And then who got second in the race? Jan Borges in 10.28 and then John Rowlands in 10.33 and then the girl side of things I'm pretty sure it must have been Linda Browning Browning yep. took it out in the time of 12.18 and then the miles behind her Blue Dutch she and came in 13.04 they had, so they had around about 103 finishes in the race Lucy um, Payne in third place so it sounds like a Good, fair course, or a good, more more like a, a bit of a tough course. A lovely bike course, a um, bit of rolling on there, and uh, and rough roads. Equally picturesque run course is hilarious. So very hilly trail marathon, which slogged through the hottest day of the year, and that, I think that was a testament to looking at those run times. I think the winner there ran three fifty one after having a five a five oh six on the bike. Great event run by excellent people with good marshalling and very friendly atmosphere between runners. Okay, John. Good times. Go there next year, guys. Go there. You normally read out the top five male finishes, right? Right. Oh, you've closed it. Dan must have gone the top five. Oh, okay. Let's say you got fifth. Yes. Well done, Dan. We we normally don't, Dan, but just because you had a great race. Mm. And if you didn't, just we say you can tell everyone you did anyway. Okay. Coming up this weekend, we've got Challenge Root. Root. Root is going to be happening, and we've got the the crew from Challenge Root sending us through. The, uh, the top well, they, pros. Then they need a bit of a slap over the knuckles to people at Challenge because we give uh, WTC a hard time yep, about you've, not. You've got to be fair, John. Got to be fair about not having uh, pro listings up on the site and promoting the pros. And Rote used to be really good at this. He yeah. used to, on the homepage, you'd have all the pictures, pictures down the bottom, and um, so you could see who was racing. I scoured and scoured, could you not spent find at it. At least twenty seconds, didn't you? No, I spent plenty of time, and I did it repeatedly. You can go on there, and you can. Uh, Why do you do things repeatedly if you've done it once? Well, and you knew. Oh, the cups are leaking. Earthquake damage, earthquake damage. Um, So I went on there and I couldn't find many. You can can go on there and individually write in names. I'm just getting a towel. And and find things, but uh, that was a bit of a challenge. So anyway, I emailed them and they did deliver, but uh, they need to sharpen up because the WTC have lifted their game after listening to Oh, here we go, challenge to challenge. Challenge. So they've got 70 pros racing. which is which is a lot. Uh, it is a lot. They've given us uh, the, the top, the top men and the top women, and on the guys side of things, it's well, there's one person who probably has got a good chance of winning. Yeah, two. I mean, uh, yeah, highly likely. Yep. Andreas Raylert is number one, 
but Sebastian Kilner is is seeded number two, and uh, if you put those two you know on a piece of paper, put them together, you'd say it should be pretty straightforward. But the, the only problem with Sebastian Kilner is he, he's a crap swimmer, um, relatively speaking. Yeah. Uh, his bike is sensational, and he'll bike as probably as quick as Raylert. His runs not quite as good, but he he will go fast. So you say so if if Raylert goes seven fifty. I would say Kilner will go like seven fifty five, something like that. It won't be I don't think it'll be an absolute complete domination. Oh, and I've got a question. Yeah, go for it. And it's a hard question to answer. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. But I'll make it seem like it's hard. Why is it that everyone assumes Raylet's gonna win Kona? Like he's he's the talk of the town right now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And like he's a great athlete, don't get me wrong. And and mm-hmm. he's, you know, got some great results in Kona, but it's it's almost like people just assume he's gonna win this year. Oh yeah, but I think um like last year you probably assume most people assume Crubby would win. Yeah, but he isn't one of you. I don't think he... I, don't, I, I would... He, he's got to be the strong favourite. Oh, OK. There you go. Why? I'm just asking why. Well, well, to, he's just... dominated in, in, uh, in Ironman Germany. Um, second over there in, in an amazing race. Uh, he's got no... The thing is, he's got no weakness. If you've got somebody else... Here we go. That's, 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 that's what I'm doing. I'm feeding you. <laughs> is he there? You know, if you've got somebody like Macca who can potentially get dropped in the swim and, yep. and miss, miss things and he's got to play catch-up... Crowey, likewise, some people, you know, Macca always says he's got a little bit of a weakness there on the bike. Um, Raylert doesn't really have a weakness. Yes, of course he can have an off day and not, not mm. fire on all cylinders. That's but right. He is uh, a very balanced athlete and he's a fantastic runner, so there's nobody that can really run away and absolutely kill him. Again, yes, he might fade, but he's as good a runner on his day as anybody else in the world. So I think he's a race favourite, but it's not a sure thing or anything. No, I don't think it is either, John. <clears throat> I was just putting it out there. Good. Okay, Sebastian Kiln, who else is here? And James Kanana, I mean, if he has a great day, he'll be challenging those guys. Can't see him. If everybody has their best day, can't see him beating them. Clements Conan, I'm sure he was um, several years ago, he was the fastest age grouper in Kona. Uh, well, what's interesting, John, is this year's road race. You know, I've done my piece this week. I've been very good. I've so wrote some things down. So yeah, you're impressive, nice. there, weren't you? Nice. And uh, and uh, it's the 10th anniversary of Challenge Road. Mm. So uh, take me back 10 years ago, John. Wait so, a second. What were you doing 10 years ago? 2001. I was living in the UK. I just I've been teaching road. Oh no, I, was, uh, I wasn't quite living in the UK. I was about to be. Yeah. Oh, you're about to leave. Yeah. Why'd you go? Because I wanted to just do some other stuff. Were you with Belinda at the stage? Yes. Oh, really? Yes. Wow, so you just decided to go to the UK together? Yeah. Wow, this is a big move. This is fascinating. I'm sure the listeners are just intrigued. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued, right? And you're probably reading the, the Triathlete magazine one day, and you look in Triathlete mag, and you go, challenge a leaving Iron Man. Yeah, no. It wasn't that big a deal. But really? Then it was, Iron Man was nowhere. Well, maybe I was living in a different world. And, and Surely at the time, to, for no. to, to Ironman Germany to walk away from the Ironman brand was a big thing. It was news, but Ironman back then, and this is this is only ten years ago, was nowhere near remotely get the got the coverage that that it does that it does now. It was much more. Well, this is and again, I'm talking in New Zealand. This is a well. Yeah. This is, the internet was in its early days um, in New Zealand. It was uh, all Olympic distance. You know, we were following the World Cup. We were watching Hamish Carter win. Um, no, no, didn't really. Uh, wow. Well, yes, it registered, but wasn't that big a deal. Oh, you were probably just packing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For 10 years, but I mean, this road is one of the iconic races. It's been a lot. I don't well, know how long it's been around. It's been looking around back over history, I think it's been a good thing for our sport that Challenge have come along mm-hmm. and, and also that they've got, you know, that they're trying to grow their brand that, mm-hmm. you know, haven't just been this one race. Because for the first period, they were just an iconic race that mm-hmm. kind of stayed in the game just because they're an iconic race. 
but you know now they've expanded in the last kind of four or five years to a pretty big level and ongoing let's hope change well, one of the things they're doing they're bringing back some of the stars so number five is Lothar Leader um, nice, we all know about him. him the first man to ever break eight hours number six Dirk Ashmanite now he won. wait a second yeah was he the first man to break eight hours Lothar Leader yeah what year did you do it uh, good question Bevan because <laughs> that's what you wanted to know I'm picking let's let me have a think Wait a second. I don't know, I reckon it would have been about 94, something like that. 94, okay. 95. Okay, Jürgen Zach's coming back as well, John. But the controversy Zach. around this one. Yes, because uh, there was some drug t- drug issues that came up. We can't. We, we were talking about it before the show, I can't remember mm. exactly what the deal was there. But Dirk Ashmanite, he's uh, used to, he won Ironman New Zealand um, at least once, uh, if not twice, and uh, came out here most years and very strong. Keegan Williams, number eight. And that's about the extent of it. Well, so I mean, we're, we're somewhat surprised that it's not a stronger field. Yes, you've got you got Andreas Rayler, who's probably the hottest property in the world right now, yep. outside of maybe Macca. Um, but what these so many races now, all the fields are just starting to spread thin. Mm. It'll be interesting to see when we look at the the I mean Germany field next week, uh, what that's looking like. But somewhat disappointing we're not getting the head to heads we want. Mm, mm. It was pretty good money, it right. Well, in saying that, the girls' field's bloody awesome. You got you got Rebecca Keat, you got mm-hmm. Kate Morrison, you got Chrissy Wellington, you got Belinda Granger, Heather Golnick. You know, like in the girls' side of things, Celia Courage. You know, like there's there's lots of good females there. So that'll be uh, and considering you're at Chrissy, yes, because normally you go oh, Chrissy's gone. Well, she's one. I'm going to go to another race. And that's the thing. It's cost you. It'll cost you money to get Chrissy and Andreas Raylud on the line. Yeah. So that's uh, the I guess the compromise you make, you make instead of saying right, we're going to crank up huge prize money or we're going to pay some appearance fees to get the um, the best in the world here. What I'm intrigued probably is is uh, on the woman's side of thing is going to see how Kat Morrison goes against Chrissy because she hasn't had the amazing races in Kona yet. She isn't, um, for, this is Kat Morrison um, but she's had some amazing Ironman races uh, often when she hasn't been racing against real legends like her performance has been record breaking yep. but this time she's going to be going against Chrissy in what is normally pretty fair conditions You know, it's, it's, sometimes it does get pretty hot but it's not so hot like, like Kona yeah. so I'm going to be really interesting to, interested to see how she, uh, how she goes Good times, okay. Challenge wrote, check, check, check it out. We've also got Ironman Switzerland coming up this weekend, and we've got they've got their profile up there, John. They did good work. Ironman Switzerland, give them some love, John. Got to give them some love. And what's happening, John? Ronnie Shilnick, defending champion. Nice. Um, certainly the hot favourite, I think. There. Um, Don't know many other names. Yeah, you got a lot of the Swiss guys there. Sven Sinberg is a German guy. Mike Aragos, he did okay in uh, Canada last year. Matthias Hecht, I would expect to see him um, on the, the podium. And in terms of the big hitters, Gills, she, she won't be, I don't know, we never get it right. Just <laughs> give it up. Why don't you hang up, why, why, why don't get up Google and um, put it into Google and put in, uh, you, you can get little translation things, you can, it talks out loud to you. Okay. But good. she won't be racing. Oh, well, my computer does it. Watch this. Here we go. Um... Yeah, you keep talking. But anyway, I think uh, I would be highly surprised if she's r- going to race um, because if she raced last weekend, uh, I think that would be a bit doubtful. But Karen Thurig is the seeded number one um, and you expect her to take it out. That's about the extent of the women's field. Oh, where doesn't let me do it? Where it uh, sucks, John. Yeah. Wait, I'm going to play. You keep talking. I'm going to do, do it. I haven't got anything else interesting to say about oh, Switzerland. Um, okay, what's Switzerland? coming up this weekend? This weekend we've also got the Altry Man, which is in the Pyrenees, another iron distance race, and in typical French style, the bike course has got more 
bloody hills in it that you can shake a stick at. Oh, you can shake a stick at it, John. It's, it's, it's just, <laughs> if you want to do Where it, does it come from? I don't know. Why would you shake a stick at something? It doesn't really make, make sense. No. Um, but if you want a hard race, you want something different, go to France. You've got so many flipping races over there. You've got Edinburgh. Isomer. Isomer. I don't think that's right. I'll do it again. Listen. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Start speaking. Eric or Isomer. Isoma. Isoma. Where did they get the E from? Yeah. Oh. Hey, anyway. it's a computer, it can't be wrong. That's what Max says. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, if you want to do a hard disc race, go to the Ultraman. It looks uh, crazy hard, much like uh, Ember Man, much like Albertoise Triathlon. They pick hard races over there. Oh, I was meant to give some love to a race in Australia coming up soon. Yeah, it's in the notes. Oh, you got that in the notes? Yeah, I thought you did your piece this week. I did. But I never <laughs> read the questions, I just kind of browse through those. Other news, John? Commerce Bank is leaving the Commerce Bank crew. It is. So we've just seen... See, they get 1.2 million a year. It's quite a bit of money. Yeah, it is quite a bit of money because there's only yeah. five guys. Yeah. I'm sure there's some management fees and stuff around it, but they'll probably walk away with probably 100 grand or so each. Yeah. That's, not bad. That's not bad money in, uh, in triathlon circles. No, no. So, yes, Commerce Bank uh, leaving, so that team is going well, to be dis- money disbanding. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be disbanding, but uh, they say that they're optimistic that they may have another sponsor fill the gap. But it's, um, yeah, it's interesting times because, like... Uh, HTC High Road, which is the most successful cycling team in the world right now, they were also their HTC are not renewing their sponsorships. So, well, and that's what they were saying in the article on Slow Twitch was that it's, it's really they weren't. Uh, it was more about the banks not doing well. Yeah, you know the banks struggling, so they're looking at you know where they're funding and stuff. And um, are you happy there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, they're talking about where they're funding and stuff, and they're just looking at and you know what they've done, John? They've gone to soccer. Bloody soccer. Soccer. Soccer schmocker is what I say. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. When you went to the UK, when you actually packed your bag and went to the UK, mm. were you pretty happy that you had no sports news other than soccer? Yeah, that is. New Zealanders can never complain about not having balanced sports news. Really? We are pretty balanced in our sports, aren't we? Exceptionally balanced. Yeah, because even if you go to Melbourne and the AFL, it's just, you know, it's pretty hard to find in their sports pages. Mm. Whereas in New Zealand, you know, it's definitely rugby dominated, but it, you get a bit of everything, oh, don't you? Yeah, certainly. Mm. Bit of croquet, nothing wrong with a bit of croquet, bit yeah, of lawn bowls. Right, bit of lawn bowls. I'm playing lawn bowls soon. I bet you, most countries Did I tell world. you that I beat the father in lawn bowls? Oh, that's not a good luck. No, I was loving it. Because yeah, yeah. he plays all the time, and we had a game over summer, yeah. and I took him out. Nice. It's my third game ever. Because you could probably name a couple of bowls people. I'm reading a bowls book right now at Joe's house. Yeah? Yeah, it's a mental application in bowls. It's actually yeah. really good. Yeah. But that's the thing, like, what other countries in the world would know? Millie, Millie, what was Millie Khan. Millie Khan. Gary yeah. Lawson. Gary Lawson, he's, he's like the outlaw, isn't he? Yeah. Outlaw yeah, Lawson. Met, I've met him a few times. He's a bit of a rebel. Um, well, bowls. There you go. <laughs> We're taking it to the next level mm. today. But apparently, the, the, so the manager of Commerce Bank is saying that there's probably an 80% chance that they will be able to get another sponsor. Mm. So I think the thing is that for us people in other countries is that triathlon in particular, I'm or probably just triathlon in general, still gets a lot of publicity in Germany, doesn't it? Mm. So, you know, if their population, for a bank to give, you know, 1.2 million for the exposure they can get, you know, it's probably... Good value for money. Could be. It could return on investment. I get John sponsor. It's a big one today. Yeah, well, and I was, um, had an email through from Extreme Endurance, and they were saying that their South African distributor went to a conference um, which had some um, supplement companies there, and then one of the things they were focusing on in South Africa is it's probably cracking down on things a bit and obviously trying to reduce the risk of um, 
uh, Same as cross Mickey contamina- Mouse, Mickey yeah, cross contamination and things like that. And uh, they were extremely impressed with what Extreme Endurance were doing in terms of firstly their their testing, um, and secondly their sort of methodology in terms of ensuring that everything's drug free. So I think that's a key thing. We're in uh, Tour de France month. And drug time, guys. It's drug season. It's drugs are going to come up every single week for the next couple of weeks. Well, the um, question is, I was reading an article. Did you read the article on stuff over the weekend about drugs in New Zealand sport? No. Oh, they were saying that this is a real problem in New Zealand sport because athletes with the government funding can kind of allow themselves to get supplements that aren't, haven't been regulated. Mm-hmm. And so there's a real high risk in New Zealand sport that athletes are taking drugs or supplements that do have a drug aspect to it. And... The governing body is funding these supplements, but allowing the athletes to choose their supplements, which which creates a, a high risk. And they're saying there's a high risk that New Zealand athletes will get done for drugs. And uh, in triathlon, if you're in the high performance program, you have to submit any supplements you're taking to the um, to yeah. the, the wow. national body to say this is exactly what I'm taking. So there is no, so the risk is there's quite limited. Wow, it's pretty well. And so with well, this, is what this article is saying, and that's where. The great thing for those guys who want to use extreme endurance is that, you know, this has been tested. They're involved in informed sport, and it has basically got the ISO standard in terms of, you know, making sure that it's all legit, it's being tested, there's not cross-contamination, and so you can take it safely and improve your performance, buff the lactic acid, and reduce your post-race pain. Mm. So if you want to get some, just use the code IMTALK, go to xendurance.com. Make sure you email from someone this week saying how much they loved it. Yes, yeah, all good. Loving this stuff. Here you go. Loving it, John. Extreme Endurance. If you want to improve your lactic buffer, you can check out Extreme Endurance. What is it, John? Xendurance.com. Uh, on that note, last week I was mentioning getting an interview with a drug cheat oh, on yeah. the show, and we got quite a few emails through. Remember that Outback? Out, outside Sports. Yeah, and apparently he's written a book. Mm-hmm. And we also got uh, some. There was a guy, we got an email from another guy saying a guy in Sydney was used for the Sydney Olympics for drug trials for EPO. Mm-hmm. So we might try to get one of those guys on the show over the next few kind of period of time because we recorded just a... I think the, the, the disappointing... Well, it'd be good to actually get a person who cheated because I'm interested in the moral dilemma they went through mm-hmm. as well as the physical performance. Yeah. But you know what? It might be hard to get that interview. But you know, we might try to get one of those guys on the show just to talk to them about you know what was the implications physically of taking drugs so if you do want to read about it we haven't got the link here but I'll put on the show notes outside you've got the outside yeah. sports one it's a, it's, I read it a few years ago it's, it's mm. a really good piece mm. fascinating things like he said how his eyesight started coming back yeah you know like and his started, wrinkles started a scar disappeared and stuff yeah. He, like, he took the full the full concoction yeah well I think yeah. he did a, a, a he took bit a lot of everything. human growth yeah. hormones stuff yeah, yeah so very interesting, guys. Hot topic of the week. John, I'm going to pull it up. You tell us what it was. So last week we dis- decided to discuss, uh, well, there was a, a rumour circulating that allegedly there could be a possibility that uh, WTC were going to do away with the lottery system. Oh, that's right, yep. So currently there is a system in place where you can pay some money and you're going to draw and there's 200 slots come out of it um, Ooh, for Kona. Big, big topic. And uh, if they got rid of it, would it be a good thing? And basically those slots would then be redistributed to races for qualification. The overwhelming feedback from when I read through a couple of days ago was that everybody was pretty happy for it to be ditched. Wow. Um, good, Magnus Bernstein, oh, yeah. good stuff. Uh, Morton Lieback got on there first. It means more slots for the qualifying races than good riddance. It would kind of, uh, 
It would feel kind of wrong qualifying for Hawaii in the lottery, I think. It's also bad that they've taken so many qualifying slots away from some races as they have, so eliminating the lottery and giving those slots back to the races sounds like the right thing to do. Good old Ken Wallace, or Kenneth Wallace. Epic, former Epic camper. Yeah, I remember Ken. Uh, great for people like us, bad for triathlon, which I think is a, is a pretty good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Dudley, I believe the lottery should stay. It's one of the many things that makes our sport so special. The fact that anything is possible for anyone. It allows dreamers to dream and hopefuls to have hope. What makes the Hawaii Ironman... What happened? Oh, you lost Sorry. me there. What makes the Hawaii Ironman for the matter... All Ironmans is, is possible. So cool is that the average Joe gets to tread water with the legends of the, of the future and future legends. Nice. You know, the place, you know what? I do that too, so I can give you a hard time. Alan Rich Pease, no way. Uh, no way we'll get rid of the lottery, but they may reduce the spots. Uh, they're running into an issue where qualification spots are being more and more thinly spread, and you can only have so many on the course at one time, e.g., around 1800 plus start already now. In the early 90s, they said there would never be 1500 competing, so obviously in the early 90s, they kind of set a standard, but mm-hmm. you know, things evolve and we change our mind, doesn't it? What do they call that in politics? Where you, oh, you, you read the next I, one, I'm trying I'm to remember sorry. what it is. I hope they keep the lottery spots. It's part of the whole, oh, this is from Mark Johnson, the ha- whole occasion um, where against the odds someone lines up besides the best in the world through sheer luck. It brings interest, uh, interest to our sport by including those who do not necessarily eat, sleep and live Ironman. Justin Waller's got an interesting point. It's the Ironman lottery for the World Championships, which is very cool. It is the World Championships. It's a good idea. Uh, they could still hold another race on the same course, same weekend possibly, for us mere mortals that would have to race in our 60s at the same times to otherwise qualify. Uh, you could have a lottery for the alternative day or make it a lottery a lottery for anyone who has finished 10 Ironmans, and I would be down with that. You could also have that day be a TV's star race as well, so you get people you know more profile. What I want to maintain the integrity of World Championships, I also think it would be awesome to race that course before I am 60. Uh, Doobie-doo, about effing time. That means three to four races can open up and allow real athletes in, plus that is three to four races at 1,000 suckers. Um, so they get extra cash. Whoa, there's so many, John. There's just so many. One on Ollie Stevens is saying, how about it can only, you can only enter the lottery if you've finished Ironman races or more, five Ironman races or more. I like that. Yeah. Uh, this means only dedicated triathlons get the, to race, but it keeps it open for those who are, will never be fast to compete with the ex-pro turned age groupers. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Uh, last one I'll do, uh, Lee Cartmel, keep 20 slots or so, um, which are then used as a lottery for people who have done five or more w- WTC races and have never been to Kona. Okay, well, I'm going to finish off with Green, Bill Greentree. Oh, it's not too big. For starters, the Kona race is just called World Championships. It isn't truly one. It's simply another WTC race and one you have to get to, uh, to get invited to either by uh, being really fast or lucky, and that's it. As it should be. And those media slots, those keep uh, those keep the television coverage coming each year. Without them, you'll likely see very little coverage of the race, and there are solutions to the overcrowding problem in Kona that sh- WTC should implement them. John, your thoughts? Uh, I would like to see a lottery system of sorts 
stay in place um, but I, I like the idea that and a couple of people have put out there that it's there more for the people that have done a few Ironmans and they can go into it I, I don't really like the idea of people who have never done an, an Ironman or a triathlon being able to rock up to Kona when there's so many other people out there killing themselves trying to make it yes I, under, I understand the points that people make on there and accept them that yes it means that your average Joe Blog can potentially go to Kona but I think that's outweighed by the number of people that are working their guts out to try to get there so if I was to do it I'd probably say um, you know, maybe leave like 50 to I don't know 75 slots or something like that in a lottery that's open for people who have done X number of Ironmans maybe 5 you just put a number on it um, that maybe haven't been to Kona uh, and you can't sort of reapply so that's pretty much where I sit on it I think 200 is too many and I don't like the fact that people who haven't done an Ironman can go and do it I, I, I do think 200 is too many in a race that's got 1800 competitors and so many people in this world working their ass off with the dream of doing Kona you mm. know to take away you know 200 which is you know nearly over about 12% of the field mm. um, for the lotteries does seem a bit high but I do think that we should be keeping a lottery in place and I think that maybe if we brought it down to 100 and actually split it so you have 50 slots for the average person who just wants to because I do think you know the guy who the family the Collins family wasn't it mm-hmm. that was one of the conditions of selling it to WTC wasn't it apparently yeah mm-hmm. so well, we apparently allegedly <laughs> was that you know when they sold it they said we still want it to be an accessible race for the everyday person and I do think that it is cool like I know when I did the race I was talking to a lady when I was doing my numbering and she was a lady who had got a slot and had never done triathlon before and she won a slot and she had to go do a 70.3 and and you know it was a big thing and, and in her world and in her community I'm sure that was a really big thing so I do think that it, it, it is a good thing for our sport the numbers are disproportionate and I do think we are at the same time you know we aren't rewarding the athlete who does stick at the sport for a long time as well so I think that if we could have maybe 100 slots 54 just you know anybody, and then fifty-four people who have done more than five Ironmen. I give them, give them five for the for five for the everyday person. No, because I, d- I do think I think it's you know like it is that. Yeah, but what about? Yeah, I I agree that it gives people hope that they could get there, but I think that's far outweighed by the the loyal customers that are out there paying yep. up their thousand bucks every time to race, been going ten years at a go. They're chipping away, they're chipping away. Now they might have been getting say um, seventh or eighth at Ironman New Zealand in their age group, and that might have just about gotten the slot. They just missed by one. The next year now the slots are cut, and there'll probably only be four slots, so they're probably never going to make it. So I think those people. Yeah, I agree. I agree, but I still, I, I don't know. I just do think that it is. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that we have this. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I do think it. It still keeps our sport open, mm. and, and we are an elitist sport. You know, at the end of the day, it's a rich man's oh, yeah. sport. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm disputing that. You know, and so it's like, you know, like I think that if, if we do have some aspect where anyone can jump on the net, pay fifty bucks. What do you pay for a lottery slot? About fifty bucks. I think so. Yeah. You, you know, anyone can jump on it. You know what? Someone gets it, and they, you know, suddenly they get introduced to this really cool world where they have this really transformational experience. That's a good thing, and and that's you know something we should keep a small aspect in. Main thing is WTC. Don't have kind of slots at every single race. Get, have races done non non non. You slots. think that's the key? Is that's it? the key because races are just becoming too much of a lottery. But then if you take away the Kona slots, people are that, still going to rock up. How many think? how many people turn up to to get a Kona slot? What percentage of the field? Well, the people who think they're in top ten, hmm. yeah, which is bugger all. But 
there's that dream, John. Mm. It's, you're selling the dream. That's the key. When you're selling the dream, you've got to have the aspect that you believe you can get the dream. Mm. Like, how many people have you talked to who have done Ironman, never done Ironman, and think they're going to qualify the first time they go to a race? Mm. You know what I mean? Their perception is well wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, I think I'm going to qualify. Really? If you don't, oh, yeah, my training times, you know, I think I can get, yeah, you ran 30Ks an hour for 10 minutes, you know? Mm. But, so, but the perception's always wrong. But then, you know, they go there and they have that experience and they go, oh, actually, I was well off. But they still have the dream they can get there, and the dream's the selling point. If you eliminate the dream, uh, I don't know. Yeah, but then the, the argument there is you carry on just putting more and more races on, and then you have one slot per age group, and it just becomes uh, John, you're selling debacle. a dream. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the one slot dream. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, this sweet. week's discussion, what have we got coming up? How, oh, how fast is Chrissy going to go in race? So, time predictions, John. I think she went 8.19 last year, I think it was, in, in wow. rate. Which was just crazy fast. How far is she going to go this year? Wait, he's sneezing. I think I think we should make our predictions now because it's races this weekend, so we can't do it next week. I think she's eight sixteen. You think she's going to go faster? Yeah, if, if conditions are good. But I do wonder, like Brett, Brett Sutton says, if she keeps cranking it. In I, races, I think yeah. I think eight twenty four. Okay. Eight twenty four. If she's just keeps cranking it, keeps pushing in every race. Um, it's hard when you're at Chrissy's age. I know, I know I'm in my waffling mode today, but it's okay. You guys love it. I know. But uh, she's in that really fascinating place because she's in that place where you are Superman. You know, as an athlete, you, you kind of have that first period, like the Brownleys. Brownlee doesn't realise he's Superman yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and confidence is going to build. And over, and you know, he'll probably win Olympic gold, and then he's going to have this unbreakable period where, you know. And Chrissy's even more because she doesn't have much competition of her level. So, you know, there are athletes who are good, but she seems to be a step above. So, at this moment, how can you not feel like Superman? Mm-hmm. You know, so when you feel like Superman, you feel unbreakable, don't you? So, you you know, well, of course I can push myself to the max. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she is a physical human being, so there is going to be depletion in the long term. And it's interesting, how can you tell Superman to slow down when he's feeling brilliant? Mm. And would you, why would you want to? I mean, yeah, you might de- well, decrease well, your career by, um, if, I don't know, six months every time you go to the absolute max effort. Um, but would you rather have a, an 8.15 time there and absolutely kill yourself than have a career that lasts an extra one or two years? Well, I suppose it also depends on what, what we do. You know, is it legacy? Like, it's, it's like, you know, if you look at legacy in our sport, it's how many corners you win. You know, so really, who legacy would to be? Get nine wins, really, wouldn't it? I It'd thought be... it was going to be Marina Van Honecker was going to go down in, in history or, as as best guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. any kind of wins. Yeah, he's the best ever, but yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. No, but, but but the legacy point is, is you're in Chrissy's situation. Do you go okay? Well, I'm chasing a, like Tiger. You know, he's always talked about trying to get the majors. You know, beating Jack Nicklaus's record. That's his that's his mission. So if it's a legacy thing, and she wants to get as many corners as possible, well, then it's a waste of energy, then, isn't it? I already the thing with her she's already created a legacy. No yeah. matter what, if she just if she quits tomorrow, you're still gonna go best she ever. alongside probably Paul Newby Fraser, a head and shoulders by far best ever yep. been. But yeah, I'm just gonna be interested to see how fast she really goes. Marino, best ever. Best ever. Best ever best ever performance. All that Marino needs to be concerned about is who won the Timaru triathlon. <laughs> did you beat him, did and you? <laughs> I think it probably would have been about nineteen ninety eight. I got third there. Yeah. Who took it out? I think nine probably about nineteen ninety eight or maybe ninety nine. John, why didn't you stay on his path? I you taught, could have been Marino. We could have been about a you. lesson in how to race a proper triathlon. Me and Dave Duane could be doing the show, you could be over there going, John Newsom. Right, that's right. Oh, Okay, then. so this week's discussion. How fast will Chrissy go? I got I got eight twenty four. You got eight sixteen. Eight sixteen. Well, she hasn't had a step back yet, has she? 
Not really. No. no. You know, every step in her racing career has so far been mm-hmm. forward, mm-hmm. and she's got to get to a limit eventually. Well, does she? Well, no, she has to. Of course she does. But, you know, at, at this point, she still hasn't had When are back. the women going to go sub eight hours, Bevan? When are they going to do it? When is this possible? <laughs> when? 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 Uh, I, think, I think it'll be at least 40 years. Okay. Yep. At least. Probably 50 years. Mm-hmm. Because realistically, Christy's a freak. Realistically, women right now are around 8.30. It uh, took them nearly 20 years to break Nibby Fraser's record. Yeah, but it's gone down in half an hour. Yeah, I know. You know so, you know, if you say that... But if you took Chrissy out of the equation... Well, they're still going down about 15, 20. About, uh, maybe 10, maybe 10. No, Keith, Keith went about 8.30, didn't she? Mm, can't remember, maybe. Because you, you'd be afraid it was 8.30. Maybe you're right this one time, Bevan. <laughs> you giving it up. Right Wait, once. guys, put in the record books, guys. Oh, here we go. One, two, three, four. Half five. Jeez, we're just ranting today, John. Yes. I need to be finished earlier too and you turn up late again. Why are you turn up late all the time? Oh, I'm swimming. It throws my schedule. Well, you can't do it. Okay. Because when you start the late show, I have a session at 10. Okay. Okay. We'll be done, we'll be done shortly. I know, but I'd like to get everything done because then okay. I've got other stuff to I do. I apologise sincerely. Yeah, it's what your life out. Jared Walbridge sent in a high five, and this is a high five for non-training things to do in your taper period. Um, Number one, early in your taper, ideally four to five weeks out from race day, buy any consumables you may need on the race day. Have you bought enough gels and sports drink? Um, Do you need more tubes, tyres, inner tubes, cables? And by getting all these things done early, you won't have to worry about the final weeks leading into the race. I think this is especially important for the sports nutrition side of things because often you go into shops and they don't have what you need. Yeah, yeah, okay, well, let's just go on. Print off race details with enough time to spare and make sure you read them. Lots of things can change and you need to be aware of them. It's often late in the day that race organisers give out specific details about gels and drink flavours, etc. And it's always worth getting the specific flavours to try and not just a brand drink, brand of drink, e.g., uh, I'm in Austria this year is using power bar drinks and gels as uh, opposed to the infinite nutrition used in previous years. That's because I'm there now is all power bar, isn't it? Don't know. Yeah, Quite we, possible. You know, all their races are now mm. power bar. Um, uh, both drink and gels are also new flavours. Mm. Mm. So Very that's important. Yes, Again, the nutrition makes this, you this practice. is a good one. You're doing good here, Jared. Number three, make a race plan. We've done this on the show before, how to do that. Uh, this should be based upon what you want to achieve, be it finish, a specific time, qualify for Kona. It should also include details about nutrition as well as power, pacing, heart rate zones, etc. Consider what can go wrong on race day. And this is something I really... Um, agree with uh, punctures, mechanicals, losing your gels and drinks. For each of these, make a plan on what you might do if it, it, if it happens. Um, if, you, you, if you're using special needs bag, exactly what are you going to put in it? Um, and so I, I, just one thing, some people sometimes think it's negative to think about the things that might go wrong on race day. But Why it's would actually, you think that's bad? Yeah, well, you know, thinking, oh, things might go wrong. If you start thinking it, it might actually happen. But mm. the reality is... Crap does sometimes hit the fan. I'm experiencing this with Joe right now, actually. Right? Yeah, because we're buying a house, John. Yes, yeah, so we're When you buy a house, yeah, we'll just remind you. Yeah. I've got photos if you want to see. But, um, and she worries too big. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm a bit blase. Yes. So I'm a bit yin and yang, really. And she's going, what if this happens? I'm like, babe, well, let's wait and see. Because she thinks, like, we're going to the accountant today to sort out stuff and she's like well what, what if this happens oh, well we're going to go to the account tomorrow and it's you know don't don't stress just yeah but you've got to plan for things that yeah, can no, go yeah no but wrong. we're planning okay. step it back okay. step it back just get, we'll be right. happy medium and then she goes but you're a bit blase and I go yeah I know mm. and then tomorrow I'll, I'll stuff everything up but yeah. it's a good point make a plan for the days before the race start with the uh, the flight 
If you have one, do you need to book extra luggage? Will the airline allow you to put gas canisters in your hold luggage? I'm also camping in my next race, so I can't take gas for my can I take gas for my cookers? Oh no, I can't. I've googled the shops nearby that sell them, and so I don't have to search around when I get there. Do you know where and when the race briefing is? When you uh, when do you need to put your bike in for transition? Will this interfere with other preparations which you may need to change your plans for? Do you need uh, to but specific foods for your meals and breakfast on race day? So this is, I think is a very good point. Knowing where everything is, this may go down as one of our best top fives of all time. Yes, it's just so you see so many people turning up on race day not having a clue where anything is, and uh, all you need to do all Ironman races and challenge races normally have very comprehensive race manuals so you just need to read through Bevan <laughs> and then you don't have to go around hassling other athletes asking where everything is on bloody race day number five because my thing is my, my thing is somehow, just ask. Someone, someone knows yes. don't stress I just ask someone annoy somebody else <laughs> that's going to be your number seven on here don't annoy other people when they're getting ready for a race number five use uh, this time when you aren't doing things as many training hours to do practical little things. How quickly can you change a flat tyre? Um, will, will, will your spears fit in your saddlebag? That's a good point. Mm. Um, I've had pro athletes sitting there trying to figure out how they're going to tape their tyres onto their bikes like the day before the race and not being able and to the pros. figure it out. Yep, yep. Wow. Um, get up at the time you would race on race day or at least earlier than usual and go to bed early to compensate. Um, what would you do if your cable was badly frayed the day before race? Do you know how to change it? No. What if the race mechanic was unable to service your bike before the race due to drastic increase in demand for their services? Um, he just say one thing just about packing your bike. He said Dirk Bockler has got a good guide to packing his bike on his website. If you go to liveandlettry.com, he's I'll put got an article it on the bottom. Talked to me. Lastly, number six. Most people don't travel to races on their own. What can you do to make it a great day and holiday for those travelling with you? Lots of races give information for spectators look at this with your loved ones and talk about what they can get up to are there any attractions that they want to go out and look at in the days surrounding the race would they like to swim some of the course with you so that you they know what you're going through uh, and feel more part of the experience do your children want to be go to the theme park or try some local cakes and sweets etc my wife always likes to find a marathon nearby which she can do sometimes these are on the, even on race day but her own race only lasts a few hours and she hates spectating, so it works out well for all. That's actually a really nice point, isn't it? Yeah, look out for the family. Do your peas and you'll, you'll get payback. Because I think the thing is, is that it is a very selfish week, isn't it? That hmm. week of, I mean, you kind of leave work, you go away from your, your lo- local town, you don't have distractions of life, and you're really focused on this big goal. And you, know, and you often do have friends and family coming along that you've actually got to actually be a good bit considerate of hmm. their time. So. Totally. Number seven, go. don't annoy people. When they're preparing for their race, be prepared yourself. Be John, a boy scout, be prepared. I took my bike into the shop this week, John, to yes. get my new wheels on. Yes. Oh, Ralph. 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 Ralph Prima. Come on, yes. Ralph Prima. Honestly, team, get on them. They're pretty yep. cool. They're pretty cool because they're, yeah. They're Not too many spokes. Yeah. We'll, we'll get somebody on to talk all about that. Guess, how much, guess how much it cost me? Six hundred. No, actually lower. Yeah. 500 bucks. 500? Yeah. New chain, new cassette. Well, no, it's actually happening Friday because they had to get new parts, but yeah, yeah everything, yeah. yeah. 
But that's what you get when you don't look after your bike. Yes. Okay, then sponsor Coffees of Hawaii. Hawaii. What are we talking about, John? So Product 26. Product 26. <laughs> Product 26. <laughs> <is>. <laughs> this is in light of our camp at the weekend. We're out there and the guys were getting the old French press out, the plunger. Ah. If you go to coffeesofwaii.com, you can get the Bodum French press. I got a 12 ounce or a 34 ounce. But you know what, John? You know what? They're bloody cheap, and yes, I had a look at that too. I've got a video of how to use it. Yeah, but that's it's, it's direct from uh, oh, somebody else. Okay. Basically, basically, if you want to figure out how to correctly, essentially, it look, it's, it's not that one. It's the next system. one. You've got to watch oh. it for a couple of minutes. Okay. Um, yeah. No. Oh, anyway, it's basically. Oh, there it is. If you want to get yourself a nice French press, oh, it's got the coffees of Hawaii insignia on it. Um, to get your coffees of Hawaii coffee, pretty reasonably priced. Well, only 20, twenty bucks, bucks or twenty-seven bucks for a bigger one. New Zealanders, there's no way in hell you can get that, that cheap in New Zealand. Well, let's have a look at the currency, John. That'll be like thirty-five bucks. New it's Zealand. breaking your heart, isn't it? It is. One dollar US is a dollar twenty in New Zealand. Mm. It's ripping your undies, though, because you get paid in US currency. It is, don't ri- you? It is ripping my undies. So yeah. that's been not even $35. No, not even, bro. It's probably like... Oh, that's a real Kiwi saying. The 27, 27. Not even now. <laughs> not even, bro. So, <laughs> Bodum French Press, 34 ounce Kiwis. It's probably about 35 bucks New Zealand. I don't know if you can dis- use a discount code on that, but get yourself some well, you know what, at John? Time. 12 ounce, you had three tablespoons. Yeah. 34 ounce, you had seven tablespoons. Nice. But you could have more if you want a stronger coffee. Good. Am I annoying you today? Oh. Good. <laughs> I okay. I'm, I'm chilled out. Good. It's good. So go to Coffees of Y. Click oh, it if you want to get the discount. If, if you are going to get a French press, you want to get some coarse grind. Yes, you got to get the right grind. Keep you informed, guys. Mm. Keep you informed. Check, check, check it out. While you get some milk chocolate bean covered beans. There you go. There you go. Go crazy. Get everything. <laughs> Honestly, if anybody buys every ingredient on their website. <laughs> We'll give them uh, something. Something. Okay. Yeah, that's that's, how, that's what I like. Don't put it out there. Get the expectations low. We'll give them something. If you buy one of every product on Coffees of Hawaii, email us. Email us. You'll get something. You'll get something. <laughs> right. What's that? What's time given? Oh, we haven't even put music on. It's fifty-five minutes. Okay. Should I, should I put music on? Yep. Okay. Website of the week. John, I'm being really distracted today. Yes. I got so really excited to talk to you. Tell them quickly what we've Okay. It's, uh, this was sent in quite some time ago, and I'm not actually sure quite by who, but I think it may well have been James Botel. Oh, very fancy. Look at this. It's got the iPad, oh. but it's not mine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, back to the website of the week. Um, I'm pretty sure James Botel sent it in. It's called the Matt Long's I Will Foundation. Oh, it's very um, cool. Matt Long is the guy who was... Was he a, was he a he fireman? Got, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so he's written a book as well. School's like going along or something and like so that. so really the theme of the web, websites of the week today is, you know, if you're looking for a, a charity to support, um, other than Bevan and myself, then this is probably a good one. Along with the Challenge Athletes Foundation, these guys do similar sort of things. Challenge Athlete is more for... Um, no, they're both, they're both pretty similar. Matt Long got uh, hit by a fire truck. Well, their mission is the I Will Foundation is a non-profit organisation established to help people with the will to work hard, overcome adversity and challenge uh, caused by life 
altering illnesses or traumatic injury. Our primary goal is to provide motivation and inspirational support through hands-on training, coaching and financial support where necessary. We believe that the will to survive and accomplish all tasks, great and small, is present in all of us whether we recognise it or not. If you have the desire to live your life to the fullest, we can help you. There you go. And then they had their founder. It's a pretty cool website. Matt Long, a New York City firefighter, uh, author of The Long Run, established I Will Foundation. Matt was struck by a bus and critically injured on the streets of Manhattan while dry, riding his bike to work in the winter of 2005. He received 68 units of blood in the first 48 hours following the accident and spent five months in the hospital. He had 40 surgeries. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot of trauma on the body, isn't it? In less than two years and has been... Uh, in physical therapy since Matt survived this horrific, horrific accident due to the high level of fitness and determination as an active runner and Ironman triathlete, both of which helped him to his recovery. It is this perseverance that he wants to share with others who may think that, 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 that things can be possible or are impossible. Matt attributes his turning point to when he stopped listening to what he wanted to do and started doing what he will do. His outlook possibly change this accident comeback as well so the ways you can support these guys is they've got uh, instead of playing with that can you oh, click, the iPad's can pretty you cool. click, click on support support okay support I will um, oh, look at this it's a cool website the only problem with the website is the front page they need the, the links to be a little bit bigger yes okay support, support I, will. I will so basically what you can do um, you can either make a donation or you can the other cool thing if you need some apparel Click on um, the purchase of my apparel, and they've got quite a cool logo. I've just got branded stuff like t-shirts, sweatshirts, Put coffee mugs, and uh, all sorts of various things. So that's ways you can support them. So just a good cause if you're looking to do something a bit different for your next race to fundraise, or if you're uh, just want to help out a good cause. Because I think I haven't had a lot to do with this myself, but I think the one thing is giving the people the inspiration. You know, you can give them big paychecks and what have you, but I think for the people that are have been you know thrown a curveball and um, uh, feeling down on it people like this can really help inspire them to and I think it's also people track. who have been in the same experience like mm. it's easy you know like it's one of the downfalls of being a fitness professional who's always been healthy is that sometimes people who haven't been healthy don't necessarily they look to you but you also they think totally. you don't understand them mm. you know and, and we do but you know when you can talk to someone who's actually been through what you've been through and they can mm. say you know what you can get through this there is something to that that's pretty powerful so Check it out, iwillfoundation.com. Check it out. And we've got a few, have we, John? No, it's about, oh, there was just one other one that um, we'll put up there is uh, don'tstopliving.org. Don't and that's uh, also is by one of the guys called Hector Picard, who um, was supported by the I Will Foundation, and he's really managed to do some amazing things himself. And also in this email from, um, whoa, he's got no arms. Oh, wow. He's got no. He's got. He's got one arm gone totally. So he's got like a stub in the shoulder, and he's like yeah, the one's forearm just halfway down his forearms yeah. gone. Wow, balance on the bike would be pretty tough, wouldn't it? Yeah. There's a guy who used to ride around Christchurch who only had one leg, and he had yeah. to have a leg braced in. Yeah. Did you see him ride around? Yeah. He's he used to race, though. Yeah, it's pretty quick. Hmm. Yeah, he used to break my heart. Okay, then um, there's also an interview of Matt Long on the Competitor Radio. We'll put a link to that on am Talk. Who was that? Who sent that through, John? I think it was James Botel. Okay, we'll give him some love for that because that's good work. Okay, age grouper of the week. Are we going to do that? No. No. Okay, sponsor. Athlinks.com. One thing you want to do on Athlinks and... Do you want me to go uh, Athlinks? Go to pause. Go, go for a pause. Okay, I'm going to go for a pause, John. Okay, John, so we're on Athlinks.com. We're checking out the House of Travel Triathlon Tri- Festival. What's so the House of Travel, John? 
a travel agency. Oh, I'm just giving it some love. Yeah, nice. So the main thing with the, what I'm trying to get across today is uh, trying to build up your attendance at races. So we, we often talk about Ironmans that are that are coming up and who's racing. And the way you basically do that is you just click on the events button on along the top, and then uh, you type in your race. So we've typed in house. We just typed in house of travel and house of travel triathlon festival 2001 um, came up, and it's got a spectator who's going to be cheering on the pack. John Yusuf. It's going to be me on the sidelines cheering you on. And Brett Whiteley is the only person so far that has but, said they're going to But you know what's really cool, John? Yes. Is that you can then go to your person who's at the race, Brett Whiteley, and I'm doing yeah. this right now, you can send them some motivation. So I'm just text, I'm writing, it's got, and it automatically says, good luck at the House of Travel Triathlon Festival 2011. And then I've got, make sure you dominate the dojo. And put that from Bevan, because we're actually logged in as me. Okay, from and Bevan. Uh, so yeah that's the main thing if you want to get yourself uh, possibly read out on the show then go on to athlinks.com put in, put in your, your your race that you're planning on doing remember you've got to click on the events tab at the top if it's not there then you can create the event and uh, and then you can just say you're attending so as a race organiser can you send this out to people uh, you could send a yes. link to people yes yeah I can do mm. so maybe you should yeah. do that maybe I should just that. Got a few things to organise for that race. Have but you? Yes. How's it going? It's going well. And also what you can do is, so I think one thing is as well is that for people, like for race, let's say you're a race organiser, people do websites. So we've got a website here, John's done a website. Lots of people like your race, mate. It's good. Mm. Hey, I like it. Good. Yeah. You told me I had to. You yes. mad at me because I wasn't on there. But anyway, so, and I do like it. It's a great race. But, so, you know, there's a lot of things to organise and you kind of want to, you want to kind of get as many people as involved and so by sending through an athletes link as well is another way to get people involved and get them communicating with each other and you can also check out your competition because there's one thing to go okay well these people are racing you can go on their Facebook page but you can't see what they're like as an athlete yeah. whereas you can see people on there and go well, let's check out what Brett Whiteley's like okay yes. can I can I top Brett Whiteley okay, I'll take him down I've gone to Brett Whiteley okay he's done half Wanaka in 608 you know, triathlon Festival 107 last year yes. and I'm hoping to do a 109 so now I need to top him yep. so that's what you can do you can check out your, your, your partners and you can also put up here the things like events as well no, 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 events. Um, things like camps or social occasions you might be doing for your tri club so lots of possibilities and you can just say send it out to all your group and say are you going to attend are you not um, are you going to be spectating and then we can see who's going to be turning up you know this is the thing about athletes you just see people you know Zania Morrison yes. I think I stalk her yes because I see her a lot well, she lives down the road from you oh is that what it is because I when I would see her biking to work we always seem to because yes. I'll be biking home from the gym she'll be biking to work yeah. and then I see her out running I saw her the other day when all the tri, Canterbury Tri Club gear yes she had the jacket the hat on yes nice I a hardcore Tri Club member yes. loved good, it good. And, and then she turns up on Athens as well John a photo with Chrissy yeah so I just get the feeling she's stalking me yes or I'm stalking her yes maybe when I move I won't see her so much where does she live? Pretty close. I got told off last time for saying where she lived, but she lives down the road from you. Ah. Oh. Did you get told off? Yes. Did you say it on the show? Yes. You say what the street name and everything? Yes. John, you shouldn't do that. I'd tell you off. Okay, then. So, flinks.com. Check it out. Okay, questions Isn't and that? answers. We're gonna, I'm going to save that for next week. Let's see if we Coach's Corner next week. You're going to do a Coach's Corner? Okay, then. Roger Thompson has sent through one. Sorry, I'll try oh, to keep this brief. I live in Spokane and always watch Ironman Quarter Lane unless I'm, racing, unless I'm racing it. I knew a few weeks prior to the race at Crowe was a potential, but it was not official to the media until the week of the race, like Tuesday, I think. There was a couple of things about that that were frustrating. Sorry. Um, Sorry. Like Sorry. Bevan putting Sorry. windows in front of things when I'm reading. Uh, one... 
how does the race organise and promote the race when big names like Crowey don't make their intent official until the week of the race, or even in his case five days prior? That's not good for the athlete, publicity or the event. Hard to get all the appropriate media there. Secondly, you guys stated that I mean Coeur Lane was a third tier race in terms of money, um, which it was, and points, and is a good is it and is a good one for newer pros to do? But is it? If you have the likes of Crowey showing up to their races, it does not help with the neo pros at all. It uh, takes points away from them and ultimately money as well. Maybe the pros are only allowed to race Ironman races that meet their competitive level, kind of like the ITU. You cannot race WTC races unless you're mm. ranking high, high enough. Watching the race was amazing. Crowey put in an honest race. I appreciate that. He could have shut down, shut it down on the run, but he didn't. Julie Dibbins smashed the swim in the bike. She was fourth overall off the bike. That's pretty impressive. I didn't realise yeah. that. Um, but then she, her run suffered. I believe she had about 32 minutes uh, heading into T2, and she gave up a lot of that. So although she completely dominated the race, the likes of uh, Wellington would demolish her with such a run weakness. Caitlin Snow danced along the run with a smile the entire way. A thing of beauty. A thing of beauty, John. Just bring up a good point. Like, maybe if they go, okay, well... Because the thing is, is the, okay, now what's happened is they've gone, okay, well, we, we want you guys to race another race because, you know, it's just the deal. So you got guys like Crowey. I'm in Australia, got sick, couldn't turn up. So he just goes, well, what's the next race? And, you know, fair enough. That fits his schedule. Fits his schedule, yep. Mm. And, and early enough for Kona. And then then you've got, and but then we're also complaining that the, fins are, the fields are getting so thin, you know, and you're not really getting competitive races, you know. You're getting mm. guys, so many races out there. The top ten in Kona don't race each other pretty much at all during the year and then it just turned up to Kona again maybe if they were to say okay if you get in the top 20 you have to do these races and they give them a choice of half the races of the season Mm -hmm. and then if you do you know if you don't get in the top 20 I think they've kind of done that anyway but by making these races very poor prize money very poor points the, pros, the, pro, the, the top pros aren't turning up the only reason Crowley turned up was because he He has to to do one somewhere so I think yeah, I, I just think it's going to naturally happen that, that, okay. that these weaker races are going to get weaker fields. But are we going to find that every year you're going to get the Crowies, you're going to get these four or five guys yeah. who the, the key races just doesn't work out for them for some reason or yeah, another. I think you will. So they go to these second tier races and they're kind of the, the poor age, you know, poor second tier guy goes. I think that's only going to happen with Kona champions because if Crowey could not get his slot. Um, for Kona, if he had to accrue points, that'd be a different story. But he doesn't need to accrue points; he just needs to finish an Ironman somewhere. Um, so he just had to go and tick the box and whatever's going to be convenient. So I think for the, I think the way they've got the system now is going to work itself out. But you still might get the odd pro turning up. Cameron Brown's going to do Ironman New Zealand because it's good for his sponsors yeah. down here, um, even though it's a low points race. So I think it's going to work out. Yeah, and I think the thing is that we have to remember is that it is the first year. But as, uh, another one of his points is that Corioni committed to the race very late in the piece, um, and that that is going to become a, a bigger issue. Yeah. Um, and especially because pros don't have to pay one fee now too. So mm. there's no financially, it doesn't. You know, you, there's no kind of sacrifice around it. I think the W the the ITU model is um, works really well with that. Is you've got to commit early to races, and if you do pull out and within a certain time frame then you need to have like a medical certificate or if you do pull out then you'll get you'll you'll be penalized in some way so i think that's a really good way of doing it as well yeah but they can't do that sorry they can't do that why not well because how will they penalize pros well you say uh you can't they don't have that much power over the pros like the itu do i guess you're right because you the the 
if you said to Crow, right, you can't do another Ironman, you got to, you can't do another yeah. Ironman, you can't do the next Ironman race. Yeah. Um, I go, guess okay. you're right, that might not well, work. I'll but the one after that. <laughs> there should be some way of penalising people who pull out for just just entering races and pulling out. We saw Erica. Ichimor. This week, highly unlikely she'll race Ironman Switzerland, but her name's down the list. So I don't know. Okay, well, Mark Turner sent through an email, and now they've got a big, awesome thing happening in Australia. And actually, you talk about it, because he sent me another email, so I'm going to... Tourdetry.com.au. It's basically doing 24 hours of triathlon. Wait, I'm going to be annoying. Sorry, yeah. I have to do this. You can do it as yeah. a... Uh, as teams, and basically, you try to do as many triathlons as you can in 24 hours. If you want to check it out, go to tourdetry.com. I've got more information for you guys. So I emailed him back saying, well, we'll pack it up, give me some more information. And it's the first 24-hour triathlon, and so what's going to be happening is um, the main points he wants to get across is, first of all, highlighting the fact that it's a 24-hour triathlon over... <coughs> oh, he lost it. I'm all right. A 300-metre pool, swim, 9K bike ride, 2K run, continuously. Mm-hmm. So uh, this constitutes one lap, and the objective is to complete as many laps as possible in the 24 hours. We're having camping on site for all the competitors, which is right next to the course. Makes it a real fun atmosphere, and this year we're having a jumpy castle, face painting, outdoor movie for the kids while mum and dad compete. Oh, that's really cool. Nice. Um, there is also a teams event, two to five person, and for the first time we're having a club squad challenge in a three person category. Nice. Um, held on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. Uh, there is also a six hour event available. I like this. It's a good idea. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Would you be interested in doing something like this? I'd be interested to go for 24 hours, but I'd be interested in doing it as a team aspect. Well, the distances are so small. You know, you gotta keep backing it up. Uh, time after time, you do a triathlon, you do another triathlon, you do another triathlon. Yeah, no, no, no. But triathlon. you know, like how long do you reckon it takes to do that distance? 300 well, meters. If, if you're going, say, at a steady pace, you go, say, so 300 meters swim, say, for, us, for, for me, say, one minute. I don't know. Call it one minute 30 pace. So it's going to take you five minutes to the swim. Yeah. Um, bike. 10k is going to take you 20 minutes say. 20 minutes around a couple of k is going to take you say 10 minutes so you're looking at about 35 minutes a lap yeah wow ballpark see yeah, I don't know I, yeah, I don't know let us know how it goes yeah yeah because that means you're going to be doing like 40 laps mm. well the top guys probably will be doing you about start 40 suffering laps. a bit in those swims I can tell you that right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would I love it I think I, it's a great idea I would like to do it as a team yeah mm. And also, you do the three-person like race, you know, teams, and yeah, yeah I like the look of that. But yeah, I like it. It's, it's just good to do different let's things. Let's do it, Let's go set one up at Pegasus. Okay, we'll do it. Mm. We'll do it as part of the festival triathlon. Yeah, unlikely. <laughs> Finish yeah. off the key race of the yeah. big dudes. Do you want okay. to mention that one this week, or do you want to save that? Oh, uh, Jonathan Holmes, we're gonna we're gonna leave you to next week. Yes, because it's a big email and it's a pretty it's an emotional one. So we want to get into it. Let's just quick other things. Uh, Jason Bailey did a Ben Bright interview, John, and I don't really know much about Ben Ben Bright, oh, but right. you will. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about him. Uh, in nineteen ninety three, he finished fourth in the worth fourth in the world fourth in the world in the elite division oh really and he was still a junior then in 1994 he came down and to crush Kiwi boy uh, Aussie Kiwi Aussie really uh, oh really then, the rest for Kiwi well I'll tell you that then he came down to New Zealand in 1994 and won the world uh, junior champs there and just really uh, an animal at a very young age uh, got quite severely overtrained after that um, but raced with Lessing quite a bit on his team his A system team and yeah. then he had to give it, give it up for a while and then he made a comeback and against the odds this is all this time he was racing for Australia against the odds then he made the New Zealand team for the 2000 Olympics yep. and yeah it was a pretty impressive comeback 
but he is now heavily involved. So he's raced for Australia, had a Kiwi passport, so he was able to race for New Zealand after that. And for the last quite a long time, he's been now involved in the Great Britain High Performance Program coaching. He's doing a pretty good job. Hmm. Doing a pretty sharp job. Yes. Well, Jason Bailey did an interview with him, so I'll put a link to that on www.iamtalk.me. Um, and I was just, oh, I mentioned this earlier, but lots of people sent through about the drugs. And then uh, Brian, and a Spice Boy, and I called him Space Boy, but he likes Space Boy, so I okay. said, we can change it if you want. Space Boy done. Uh, he's just saying that uh, last week we had James Walsh and his wife Beth as Age Groupers of the Week. Yeah. James has actually been an Age Group of the Week in the past. Okay. He's saying that uh, friends of mine and I nominated him for Age Group of the Week back in 2007 after an amazing performance at Xterra World Champs. And you guys talked about him. He may be the first multiple winner of Age Group Incorrect. He's the second multiple winner. Who else was it? Andrew Black. Ah, uh, Trooper. Mm. That's another Kiwi. Yeah. Trooper. There you go. So he's, I think he's probably the second. Well, there you go. So, so that's pretty uh, pretty noteworthy performance to get two Age Group of the Weeks. Yeah, it is. Nice work. Okay. Sponsors. Athlinks.com. Um, get your event on there. Extreme Endurance. Um, no drugs involved. And coffees of Hawaii. Um, French press it, baby. French press it. Talking about your coffee here. There you go. I get it then, John. What you got? So you went away last weekend. Well, a few months ago, you thought, I've got this epic camp coming up. I need to get a good base camp training in and beforehand. Totally open about it. That's the only like, reason the camp happened. I'm, I'm being pure, selfish, but hey, you guys can get some gain out of it. So you set it up, a five-day camp? Four-day camp. Four-day camp. And you got someone along to yep. help you out. Axel came along to help us out. Did an exceptionally good job. Did he train? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. Good man, Axel. Yeah, yeah. He did an exceptional job. He did an exceptional German. job. German. I like that, aren't they? Dust is, dust efficient. is good. Yeah, dust is yeah. good. <laughs> the Germans don't stuff things up. Yeah, well, there was one stuff up on the game, but yeah. Oh, really? I'll, I'll tell you about that in a moment. Oh, you, oh, you got to say it. Can you tell? No, no I'll tell. I'll tell. Oh, okay, okay, so tell um, us about So tell, tell what happened. Incredibly tough bike course that I, I selected. Really? Did you just so, kind of, in retrospect, go, why did I do this? It was pretty tough. In retrospect... Because you went Kaikoura first, didn't you? Yeah, so day one Kaikoura, you got That's about... a pretty tough ride. You got about uh, 100k of fairly flat terrain, and then... Slightly pretty, up. Yeah, slightly up, definitely. Yeah. And then some pretty juicy hills for a good 30, 40k. And the problem is you get to the bottom of the hill, so you've kind of got these hills, and then you've got like that kind of 15k at the end, Yeah, yeah. which always sucks, because you kind of think you've done the hills, you're finished. Yeah, but it's beautiful scenery. Yeah. But it's... Awesomely, we had a tailwind on day one. Oh, nice. It was a bit, 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 little bit uh, cloudy, but we certainly can't complain. What was the riding like? Was it aggressive? There was, it was epic style riding. Really nice. The pace was, was on. Who was, who, was, who was laying the hammer down? Um, Phil Moreau. Oh, and really? Scott Richdale from Auckland. Really? So I got dropped. Uh, oh, John. I got dropped. John. On a, on a climb. And, uh, you represent me nowadays. Yes, well, wasn't representing very well on day oh. one. And uh, so sensational first day and... That was really it on day one. Everybody did exceptionally Just well. bike day one? Bike day one. Some people had a run, uh, most people had a run off the bike, but it gets dark pretty early. That's the problem. Yeah. Couldn't, can't really start. You didn't want to start before sort of 9.30 in case there's ice on the roads, and then uh, running off the bike and it gets dark pretty quick. How so, long, so how long did you ride first day? Well, it's 190, 190 k's. Okay, good. So yeah. solid. Day two, clear, crisp, frosty morning. Yep. Went out and ran, did a nice run around the seal colony. We haven't done that before. That was beautiful. Smell? Uh, a little bit, not too bad, but all around the cliffs. And then we got on our bikes and the ride. Were they clapping for you? Arr, arr, arr. <laughs> uh, no. But that was, that was nice. And then we got on our bikes and rode to Hamna. Now, that is one bloody hard ride. Cold ride, too, I can imagine. Whew. Yeah. That was tough. You just got up and down. Up. Yeah, it's deceiving, isn't it, eh? Yeah. But I had my, my legs were back on day oh, two. Oh, day two, you brought it back? Yeah. And we'd rolled out together, and then I just 
thought, let's just let's just have a good. So how many were in your group? Because you had two groups in you. We ended up just starting that ride together, and uh, the groups really split up a lot, and people just sort of did their own pace. So yeah. Rode much better second day, but a lot of climbing, um, which was great, but nice and cool, just beautiful clear day. Got into Hamner. Um, most people had a bit of a, a run when we got there. And then day three, we got up, went down to the swimming pool at 7 o'clock in the morning, pitch black, heavy frost, oh, swimming outdoor with a heavy frost. Oh, that would have been pretty cold. It was pretty cold getting in and getting out, but when you're in the water, it was sweet. The new pools in Hamner, fantastic. Oh, nice. And nice 25 metre pool. Then went out for a ride, biked to the top of Lewis Pass and back. Oh, well, that's a good ride. That is very challenging. Headwind yeah. on the way, way back. Remember that we did it on Epic Camp? It was just bucketing with rain and windy yeah we, we was down here but kept, we did it and it was probably the wettest ride I've ever had in my life yeah. it was like long droopy rain yeah. for like six hours yeah. I remember just being so wet and we got to change of clothes at the, like the calf and I put them on went outside and I drenched in like a minute I was like that's pointless yeah it was a tough tough I think tough it was Del Campo and, and, and Melina and I did it yeah, yeah. but anyway um, we had a, a the minivan was parked at about the. Well, I said to everybody right minivan will be at 40 k's oh, don't and, say that John <laughs> and it was actually at 50 k's people get angry average speed it took us um, two hours to ride 50 k's wow and uh, to get there there, was not, there wasn't much wind that's how tough the riding was and then from there we biked up to the turnaround point and the plan was you bike up the turnaround point and there was only about six of us doing that um only about five of us doing that others got in the van and did different different sectors of the ride the plan was um you do that and then you bike up the top come back and have lunch at the van and then carry on so you yep. still got 50k to, to home so when we got the van on the way out 50k in i, I was running with gary burgess said gary Take it light on the nutrition from here. Don't pick up anything because you just got to have to carry it all yeah. the way up this bloody hill. Extra calories. You don't need it. You don't need it. it. Just just go light. So we just basically carried on. Didn't fill up with anything. Nah, wise. Yeah, wise. you're a wise dude. Turned around, came back. Um, Where's the van? The van's still there, but there's nobody there. Try um, happened. Um, Axel had gone off riding and he told everybody else where the food was or where the key was, but didn't tell us. Oh no! So I'm standing there going. You can't. St- it's, it's honestly. It would have been. It was still freezing. It would have been like maybe three degrees, four Ooh. degrees. So we we had no choice. We were like we just got to keep on going. Keep on keeping and, on. And and there was a key apparently somewhere that everybody knew except for Gary and I. Uh, and didn't you have phones? You couldn't text anyone. No, you're in the middle of nowhere. Uh. So that ride ended up doing that ride. Uh, How far? It would. Have, it was <coughs> about five and a half hour ride. I had one gel and one Ooh. Ems bar. So did you, did you bonk? We shut it down after <coughs> we spun home. Yep. Cruise in, shut down. <coughs> then went to the, de- the dairy on the way back in. Nice. And then Gary went to another shop. <laughs> <laughs> and then last, last day, we basically biked back to Christchurch, tailwind, middle of winter, Norwester. Nice. You can't do better than that. That's a great ride with tailwind because it's slight downhill as well, haven't you? I think we averaged nearly, I think we averaged over 36k an hour to, to Ambly, so nice. it was nice work. Nice. But the good thing about the camp was we had a nice big spread of abilities. We had guys that are sort of nine and a half hour Ironman guys, and we had guys that. At the, not the extreme other end of the spectrum, but um, sort of you know 30, 11, 40, 12 30. hour sort of guys. Um, so it was it was just good that everybody was able to get what they wanted out of the camp. Did you have points in the end? No, we didn't. We had some. I had some prestige points that I awarded myself for. Oh, you awarded yourself <laughs> on a couple of the climbs. <laughs> <laughs> I lost. By the way, I just won that one. Yeah. <laughs> But I lost significantly more prestige points than I gained. I got oh. dropped several times okay. on the flats. Couldn't handle the flats very well. Really? Didn't have the horse Don't power. Didn't have the toe anymore? Glutes were not enjoying it. Mm. So, very good camp. Um, when are you off overseas? Not till August. Mm. I think with camps, you always have one annoying person each camp, generally. Dave, Dave Dwan. <laughs> that, that was our annoying person for the camp. 
No, Dave, just joking. <laughs> just joking, Dave. Jokes have meanings, Dave. No, they Jokes don't. have meanings. <laughs> um, oh, very good. Very good. So that was good times. Back into life. The Mountain Snail was on there. Oh, was he? Mountain Snail had a great idea. He said, you know, what I might do is, because I want to come down to Christchurch, help out a little bit. Yep. He's going to come and do my um, House of Travel Triathlon Festival, nice. bring his son down. So anybody outside of Christchurch, one way you can support us down here. <laughs> support John's race. Support my race. <laughs> that will help the triathlon community come down. It's in December. Great little lead-up. It's going to be awesome. Great last, commentator. Last, Am I commentating this year? Yes. Oh, yes. Last week. What we day is it? Sunday the 11th of December. Okay, book me in Last now. week we sort of talked about ways we can try to innovate with the sport. And, yes, uh, do I can't remember that, but yes. You know what we're going to do with the elite race this year? What are you going to do, John? It's going to be a double super sprint. A double super sprint? I'll do 300 metre swim, 10k bike. Oh, so same distances. 2.5k run, 300 metre swim, 10k bike, 2.5k run. Nice. It's not a completely unique unique idea. They do that sort of stuff in Germany. No, John, you just made it up. But in New Zealand, I'm not aware of this really happening. Do you think it'll scare people off? I hope not. Yeah, it's only doubtful. Because what about wetsuit? Oh, no, no, it's, that bike's warm enough without a wetsuit. Is it? Mm. As long as I get decent, decent prize money, which is looking okay at this stage, it'll be good. Nice. There you go. Ben, what's happening in your Maybe world? You, yeah, um, oh, mine's not like that exciting, just house. Um, what's been happening in my world, John? I, the house, mm-hmm. yeah, takes up all your life. Mm-hmm. Houses, yeah, well, and yeah. it costs a lot of money. It does cost a lot of money. You can just, you just lawyers and You stuff. wait till you bloody move in, then you'll be having to buy new lounge suites. Oh, well, we are buying a new lounge suite, yeah, John. Yeah, there you go. And that's what got me up for five thousand bucks for a lounge Madness. suite. Madness. And I go, baby, let's go and trade me. Yes. Joe's like, because I'm into that second hand world, eh? Like, oh no. No, not yeah, no, for some, some things. things. Yeah, yeah, like washing machines and crap like that. No. You wouldn't buy a second hand for a washing machine. No. My washing machine I've got out there, John. Yeah. I bought that a few years ago. It was the people I bought it off, they paid twelve hundred bucks for it mm. about two months earlier. They're from the UK, they came to Christchurch singing they're gonna love New Zealand, hated it, mm. so I wanted to go straight back. Two months later, I bought it for five hundred bucks. That's a good. That's good shopping. That's good shopping. Yeah. And so I go, Joe, we, we should probably get a washing machine on trade me. She wasn't happy. Yeah. Yeah, she wasn't into the idea at all. But then she had a look and she saw the, the way I think, John. If you're very new, then that's okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's got to be within the last six months. Yeah. But you can get some deals, John. Mm. So I'm thinking we might get a new lounge screen up trade me. <laughs> Joe's not that keen on that idea, to be honest. No. Some things you're not worth fighting about, John. That's true. Pick your battles. I pick my battles. And so, yeah, so the house is happening. We're going to be moving in two weeks from now. Right. Friday week. So next week will be our last... Oh, I'm out of town that day. Sorry about that. No, you're not. No, you're not. Yeah, I can't help with a bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure you are. I, I talked day. to Belinda. She, uh, said it, she said it's all good. She, oh, <laughs> she, she rang and she said, oh, that John's great. <laughs> um, no, uh, what were we talking about? Last week's, next week's our last week in the studio. Oh, Gotta take photos. We'll take some photos for the memories. Mm. And then we're moving into the new studios and we should give some love to Glenn. Was it Glenn? The guy who gave us all the gear. I, I gave Glenn. him a nickname. I, I called him the legend. His surname's Hall. Okay, how do you spell Hall? Is it H A A L? Yes. Greg. Greg. Yes, Greg Hall. You rock the party that rocks the party. Come on. Come on. <laughs> so. Audio Technica, guys. I tell you what, if you're looking at getting some audio gear, if you've ever thought about podcasting, Audio Technica is the place to go. Glenn has over-delivered. Oh, Greg, sorry. Greg, Greg um, see, he, he works for Audio Technica, and he said, I heard you guys want to get some new gear. Yeah. And we were like, you know, we, we've got our budget's pretty small, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were starting to do some research on it because we thought we want to sharpen up, and now that we're going into the new studios, and ideally I want our studios to be the lounge. 
Mm-hmm. And and if we, so we needed two mics. We do it pretty bad, Joe. And good old Greg, Greg Hall from audiotechnica.com mm-hmm. said, well, back it up, boys. I can get you some gear. And he's hooked us up big time, hasn't he, John? It's got to arrive. It could, could hold up in customs like our wheels. Oh, but did it get hold up? No, the, the wheels did, but, yeah. It should be arriving any day. Yes. This Dave, do you know who that is? No. Dave Grohl, do you know who he is? No. Dave Grohl, you know? No. <laughs> Have you heard of Nirvana? Yes. Have you heard of Foo Fighters? Yes. Yes, lead singer of Foo Fighters. Right. And drummer from Nirvana. Right. What's he wearing, John? Some nice, fancy Audio, Audio Technica, Audio Technica earphones. Yes. We're going to be just like him. Yeah, that's right. We'll probably be bigger than him. Yeah. We already are, to be honest. Bigger than Texas. So if you're going to check out, if you even need some audio gear for like mics, earphones, in ears, all that kind of stuff, check out Audio Technica. We'll be talking about them lots soon because we're pretty happy with our new sound. So um, other than that, just sorting out moving. Um, and making lots of music. I think today's show, the highlight was Marino Van Hornacker's performance. Are we doing, low, are we the, doing low, a... the low light was the rest of the show. We waffled too much today. You reckon? Yeah. Because it was a normal show and we still went for an hour and a half. Yeah. We'll, we'll have some quality content next week. Hey John, no, the waffling's all right. Okay. Yeah, I think people like the waffling. Okay, you can put it on Facebook. Waffle or not? Okay, next week. Yeah. No, because then people say mean things. Yes. Thank you, people, an opportunity to be mean, John. <sighs> Just make them be great. Okay, that's this week's show. We won't waffle anymore. I'm right. Shall we, shall we give ourselves a rating out of 10 each week? Well, I'm happy to do that. I would give us a... I think we always sit around a solid 7. Oh, I would have thought more like this. Maybe that's a bit harsh. I would have thought 6 today. I think we're, we're normally... Really? I would have thought a six today, maybe normally, oh. normally some, some weeks maybe eight, eight and a half. What, we've ever had a ten? Oh, I think we've had tens. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've had some tens. There's been tens. Yeah. There's been tens. Today was a six. What's our worst? We have had the bad ones. You don't like the Skype ones? No, Skype pretty pretty low. Did you go down to threes? Mm-hmm. Have we had a three? Uh, I don't think we've had a three. No, I'd say four. There's <laughs> been a couple of four. Four. <laughs> okay, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Indo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.